This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome, everybody, to a very special episode of Somewhere in the Spooky Skies. And joining me today is no stranger to the show. You know him from Rogue Planet. You know him from so many other projects as well. And while we usually talk about UFOs and aliens, we are taking a departure this week to talk about supernatural, spooky stuff, um, some of our own personal stories, and ones that we find extremely unsettling, weird, and creepy. And that person I'm talking about is none other than Jason McClellan. How you doing, buddy? I am wonderful, Mr. Sprague. How about yourself? Not bad. Not bad. You know, all things considered with what's going on in the world, this has been a fun time to kind of, you know, like I said, shed our UFO armor and uh, get to the heart of all these other things you and I interested in whether it's paranormal supernatural cryptids and i don't know about you but it's refreshing to really kind of stretch your mind every now and again and realize there's a whole world out there of other weird stuff going on definitely man i mean you said it and you know that's why you and i do rogue planet i mean that's the whole point of rogue planet you know we are fans of all the strange and we are curious individuals and that curiosity doesn't stop at ufos there's lots of mysterious unknowns in the in the world and on our planet and in the universe as a whole so i mean we love it we eat it up and that's why we do what we do exactly exactly and you mentioned uh um you know all the strange for those who haven't go to the rogue planet tv youtube right now we did an entire virtual conference of all the strange, whether it's paranormal, cryptids, uh, UFOs, cults, everything you could think of. We had amazing guests for that who's dedicated their time and talents to do this for free. So you can watch the entire virtual conference for free right now at the uh, Rogue Planet TV YouTube channel. Subscribe, click notifications. But um, yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna talk spooky stuff today. I'm excited. I asked you to come on here for a little bit and um, share with us some stories that have happened to you personally or ones you find of great interest. So I guess we'll start with, um, uh, we'll go to our personal story second. I think that'll be the go- a good way to uh, wrap things up. But other than that, you know, I have one that I'm going to bring up that's really always unsettled me and um, dives into the more spiritual um, aspects of my life personally. But I want to hear from you. What is the weirdest, creepiest story you've come across, Jason, that you'd like to share today? 
Well, when it comes to ghosts or, you know, supernatural things, there's no end to just absolute spooky or, or disturbing or unsettling things. I mean, there are things that are paranormal, they're outside of our normal. And, you know, a lot of these things that just baffle your mind and, you know, they defy explanation and leave you unsettled. So, you know, thinking about this, when you asked me to, to do this, um, I was thinking of unsettling and something with, with ghosts that, you know, it, it, it's always fascinated me. It makes me laugh a little, but at the same time, it is unsettling. And that is the seemingly large number of paranormal cases involving ghosts in restrooms. You know, we, we like to think of restrooms as this safe space. You know, that's our personal time. We go into the restroom alone. That's that's our time. We don't expect to, to be uh, disturbed by anyone, uh, especially a ghost. So there are so many cases involving ghosts in restrooms. And those cases, you know, always always pique my interest. You know, they, they catch my eye. And uh, I guess um, for today's purpose... There are two that were, you know, just years apart, and they in Bangladesh. And I don't know if this is a normal thing in Bangladesh, but you know, it seems to it seems to be several stories involving ghosts and bathrooms in Bangladesh. But one was in uh, 2015, and mm-hmm. it involved a school with with children. And so in 2015, there was an 11 year old student who, after using the toilet at a government primary school. Um, in the town of Pabna, Pabna, Bangladesh, um, she got sick after after using the toilet. She died the next day. That's pretty bad. And then, according to the school headmaster, other students started getting sick after using that toilet. Approximately eight to ten students who either used that toilet or had been in the bathroom, had been near that toilet, they got really sick. So, okay. Getting sick from using a toilet, what does that have to do with the ghost? Well, there was a supposedly a legend at the school where a, a legend about a ghost who lived in a palm tree outside. And I don't know how they established that this ghost lived in the palm tree. You know, maybe somebody was communicating with this ghost and the ghost said, you know, this is my house. I, I don't just hang out here. I live here. But anyway, the 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 rumor or the 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 legend at the school was that a ghost lived in this palm tree. And so that was already going around. Then the students started getting sick from using the restroom and people started freaking out because they believed that this palm tree ghost had moved into the bathroom and nobody wants a ghost living in the bathroom. So the ghost panic spread and students just stopped coming to school because who wants to go to school where there's ghosts in the bathroom? So officials shut the school down and just like they would do in, in the United States, I'm, I'm being sarcastic here, they held a religious ceremony to remove the ghost from the restroom. And apparently it worked because there were reportedly no more reports of people getting sick or encounters with the ghost in the bathroom. So that's fascinating. But then two years before that, um, in 2013, 100 miles away in Gazapur, Bang- Bangladesh, a worker got sick after using the restroom in a garment factory. And she didn't actually see a ghost, at least she didn't report actually seeing a ghost when she was doing her business in the bathroom, but she still accused the ghost of attacking her and making her sick. So (sighs) reports from other workers started pouring in about infections caused by this ghost in the bathroom. I don't know if that's an excuse for like, I don't know, 
doing other things <laughs> in the bathroom, dirty, you know, dirty toilet things. seat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe a dirty toilet seat is a ghost. Like, yeah, some things magically making you sick. <laughs> Could be other things there, but for whatever reason, whatever happened to these people, they were they were complaining that ghosts in the bathrooms were making them sick. And these reports weren't isolated to just a single factory. There were hundreds of reports coming in from other garment factories in the area where people were reporting these haunted toilets. Um, and people got so frustrated that, uh, you know, for the, at, at the management for not taking action. So they literally lost their shit and they started demolishing the, the restrooms at these factories because management wasn't going to do anything. They didn't want anything to do with these, these restrooms, so they demolished the restrooms. That's uh, pretty intense there. But, wow. So just like the school uh, in Pabna, the, the factory managers got together and decided they needed to address the situation. So they held religious ceremonies to remove the ghosts from these bathrooms. So, <laughs> Wow. I mean, talk about kind of uh, an interesting exorcism of sorts, I guess. <laughs> right? I mean, talk about a shitty exorcism. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> it leads me to believe if I'm ever in Bangladesh, I need to do some ghost hunting in bathrooms. Yeah, exactly, man. That's that's so interesting. I um I just interviewed uh, Lopaka Kapanui. He's a master ghost storyteller here on Oahu, and um. As he's telling me these stories, I couldn't help but notice a pattern that a lot of them take place in bathrooms. And he was telling me stories about, you know, the faceless woman, this Japanese kind of myth and and ghost story that was kind of, you know, immigrated over to Hawaii with all the Japanese culture and everything here, uh, Filipino culture as well. But yeah, it always seems to be bathrooms where this faceless woman is seen. Or um, I remember just this morning, I, I heard cases out of Japan again, where like a little girl ghost would be in a bathroom and she'd be sitting on a stall when you open the door and she had no legs. Um, so supposedly, you know, back in the day, I, um, during World War II, a bomb exploded near this school. Mm. And um, it actually, she was in the restroom at the time and it, the building became demolished from the bomb and it severed her legs off and very sad. So apparently the tale is that um, when you go in a bathroom in Japan and go into a lady's restroom, if you open that door and there's a, a ghost with no legs, get out of there because she wants your legs. And that's just, ugh. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that one really stuck with me. So I'm that's so interesting. I'm glad you brought those to us. We'll have to do a uh, Rogue Planet ghost hunt in Bangladesh. Yeah, I think that sounds like a good plan. And, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I don't know how things work in the ghost world. And what makes the rules as to where you get stuck? Right. Right. I would like to think that if you're a ghost who winds up being stuck in a bathroom, that you were a really terrible person, right? I mean, you'd like to think that the the most terrible people are the ones who get assigned to be trapped in a bathroom. Yeah. That would be an awful way to live out your existence as a ghost. I would have to agree that in the DMV, those are the yeah. two places you do not want to haunt for sure. Oh man. Um, well, I mean, okay. I so the DMV would be okay as long as you're not a customer in line there. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. Great people watching. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We'll mark that one off. Bathrooms it is. <laughs> Definitely the worst. Um, well, I did mention exorcism, and that's kind of where my story veers into. This is a topic that's always terrified me ever since, just like every other person on the planet, I saw The Exorcist for the first time. Um, and, you know, growing up Roman Catholic, this was a big part of my life, religion and, you know, good and evil and and, you know, I'd always heard stories in church about like possessions having occurred at our church, even or even miracles occurring, uh, things like stigmata and and things of that nature, which was just as terrifying to me. Like, yeah, yeah people consider it miraculous. But like, again, it's things you don't you fear it because you don't understand it. Um, so the one that really sticks with me, man, is um, the case of Annalise. Michael or Michael, I don't know how to pronounce it, but this is what the movie, The Exorcism of Emily Rose was based on. Um, but the true story was was actually extremely unsettling. The movie was terrifying. I love, love, love the movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, go check it out. Have you seen it? I have. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love, it was kind of like a courtroom drama and a horror movie all put into one which i thought was cool but yeah i'm kind of just gonna run through it the cliff notes version here but um this happened in germany back in the early 70s this young girl named annalise she uh when she was 16 she started having really bad uh epileptic seizures and um you know complaints of being sick all the time and they brought her to the doctors and they they like couldn't figure out what was going on and what was wrong and they kind of diagnosed her with these um the temporal lobe epilepsy and uh, the years went on and they went on. And then when she turned 20, she became severely depressed. Uh, This is interesting. She started rejecting all of these religious symbols in their home. They were Christian, um, you know, almost like completely disgusted by them. Uh, She started hearing voices in her head. So these are all signs of something bad, you know, whether it's exorcism or, schizophrenia like something was really bad and they brought her to so many doctors psychiatrists and they couldn't pin anything down and her parents they had no other choice in their eyes than to request an exorcism from the catholic church so it took them years to finally get this going the vatican was very strict and said no 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 so they you know they do an investigation before they come in to do an exorcism officially. And uh, like I said, it took them years. Finally, they send two priests to the home in Germany to do the exorcism. And that's where things just got super messy. 65 exorcism sessions with this girl over the span of 10 months, brutally trying to exorcise whatever demon or whatever was inside of her. And I mean, it's terrifying, man. We have um, images and photos of her, uh, during the exorcism, um, uh, they're just very disturbing to look at. There's audio of her during the exorcisms being possessed, which is unbelievably terrifying. I'll, I'm actually going to play a little bit of it here for everyone right now. Oh, 
Sie müssen ihn eigenen Seminaren ausgebildet werden, die dürfen nicht auf die anderen Universitäten. Kapiert? Klar. So, yeah, that, uh, it just gives me severe chills. Um, so... What ended up happening after, you know, about 10 months of this, she was losing weight. She would not eat. Um, it just got worse and worse. And she died. She died after one of these sessions. And uh, she was malnutrition. She was um, dehydrated. And that's what they said the cause of death was. And, you know, what do you do after that? I mean, Apparently, this is because of the exorcism, but uh, the, you know, the German police thought differently, and they actually arrested both the priests and the parents for negligent homicide. And the priests had to go to trial for this thing, which, is, again, is a big part of the movie. Um, and they were sent to jail. Um, they only did about six months for homicide, which is pretty damn good, if you ask me. Um, but they are priests. They seem to get away with a lot. Uh, that's another story. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, this one just always, always gets me. Um, and then this morning when I was looking at this case, there was actually some updates. Um, during the investigation, a lot of people didn't know this, but they actually exhumed the body of Annalise. And we're not exactly sure why. The parents said it was because they buried her in a rush um, in a really cheap coffin. So they wanted to give her a proper coffin. So they exhumed it, put her in a much more expensive luxury coffin and buried her. Um, but I have a feeling it had something to do with the investigation. Like they actually had to go in and figure stuff out. Uh, but then the most uh, updated thing here is in 2013, in the home where this all happened, it burned down. And we don't know if this is arson, but a lot of people believe it was because of what occurred in the home and something was left behind to burn that place to the ground. Uh, I, I can't tell you what, who, why, but that happened. So yeah, man, again, the one that really got to me with this is the movie was my gateway into this case, but now I'm just fascinated by it and terrified because of the audio and the photos and, and this poor girl. Like, no matter what, if she was possessed or not, she suffered greatly because of this and lost her life. So go, it, sh it shows how far the church will go to try to, you know, and they did this whole thing in secret. I forgot to mention that the Vatican said, yes, you can do it, do it in secret. But now it's one of the most out there cases we know of. And um, yeah. Germany really put the lockdown on exorcisms after that. They were like, nope, we're done. We're done. So, yeah. What do you think? What do you think about exorcisms, Jason? I don't know, man. I mean, there's definitely, uh, you know, plenty of documentation on it. And I mean, until you you're physically there in person witnessing something like that, um, that'll change your mind about anything. I mean, that's true for, for anything with UFOs, with ghosts, with anything. I mean, it's personal experiences. Um, you need to have personal experiences to to truly have your mind changed about something or to, yeah. to even give you enough to, to form a solid opinion on it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, for me, I just, just know what I've read, obviously what I've seen on movies. Um, it's like with, with uh, I equate it to alien abductions, right? I mean, there is genuinely something there. What that is, I have no idea. I just know the people to whom these things happen or the people who allege these things have happened, 
something happened to these people. What that is, I don't know. So with mm-hmm. exorcisms, you know, there's there's definitely something going on with the people, and you know, in these these cases where real exorcisms have taken place. What that is, I don't know. I'm sure in some cases there's some faking going on. In other cases, you could be dealing with mental disorders. But other mm-hmm. cases, you know, they don't really fit into those boxes so neatly. So, um, you know, it's just one of those one of those mysteries, one of those unknowns. And you know, it's again want to want to equate things to other things, tying it tying it into UFOs. You know, with the Catholic Church, I understand it's, it's, it's like the U.S. government with UFOs, right? I mean, they don't have any idea what the hell is going on. I think right. is the real answer, and so you know, they don't want. Uh, the world to think that they don't have all the answers. Um, so you got to kind of keep the lid on that and not really talk about it all that much. Yeah, exactly. I, that's a really good comparison. I never really thought of it that way. Yeah. You know, the Catholic church thinks they're doing the right thing and that they're in control of the situation until a death occurs. And then it's like, wow. Yeah. None of us truly know. And I think you're right. I think it's a case to case basis for sure. And the mind is very powerful. So if this girl thought she was possessed, she could probably make herself possessed in a way. Um, but it is powerful, and it's yeah. incredibly complex and confusing. I mean, just just look at what you know different mental disorders do. Um, I mean, we we have we've barely scratched the surface of understanding the human brain. Yeah. So, you know, who's to say what, what's really going on? But I think, I think you're right. Case by case basis. I think a lot of different things are going on. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Agreed, agreed. All right, well, we'll leave it at that as our creepiest stories we came across. But I want to know, those were ones we heard about, but these are the ones we've lived. So, Jason... Any stories you can share with us about weird stuff that's occur- happened to you? Um, I know you've traveled all over. You've seen some stuff, man. So what are you willing to share with us today? Well, for today, uh, because I mentioned <laughs> toilet ghosts, um, <laughs> this, this one is not so satisfying. But, uh, you know, I do have my own, my own toilet ghost story. 
And it sounds ridiculous, but I promise this actually happened. And I promise that I genuinely believe that it was not something normal. So, but I have to preface this by saying, I believe I was only four years old at the time. But with that being the case, I still remember this incident vividly. Um, So I was a four-year-old boy sitting on the toilet. And my family was living in in an apartment at that time. And um, yeah, very small apartment. And I was sitting on the toilet. And I think I had just about finished doing what I was going to do. And the ceiling fan, a voice emerged from the ceiling fan. And at least that's what it seemed like. It was coming from above. And the voice said, wipe your butt and get out of here. I remember that distinctly. This mysterious voice just said, wipe your butt and get out of here. It freaked me out so much that I leapt off the toilet, went screaming out of the bathroom with my pants at my ankles, screaming and crying to my dad. And my dad, you know, rationally thought, somebody's messing around on the roof. He tore outside. He went up on the roof. He looked all around the property, around the the complex. Nobody was outside. There was nobody around. So he didn't see anybody. Um, You know, certainly it is possible that someone was up there playing a playing a joke on me, but certainly nobody that my dad saw, and he was out there right away. It was a pretty, you know, good good field of view from out there. You could see if, if people were out milling about or certainly running away. Um, he didn't see anybody, but uh, I think the rational explanation is it was probably someone we didn't see. However, at the time, you know, it was something that terrified me and, uh, you know, there was no explanation for it after, after my dad tore out and, and looked for people. So that, that spooked me. I don't know if that's really a, a ghost encounter, but had to throw that in there because of our toilet ghost conversation earlier. But I will say, yes, I have had the great fortune to be on a few, actually several ghost hunts um, to this point. And I don't know what it is, man, but... I got to say, with, with whether it's UFOs or ghosts or whatever I'm doing, I mean, I guess I haven't had luck with Bigfoot yet. But, I mean, I've had pretty good luck, you know, ha- having sightings or, or being able to experience things on the majority of the times I actively go looking for this stuff. So, one I'll talk about right now is, is in uh, 2011, my wife and I went to Prescott, Arizona, which is in, in uh, sort of northern Arizona, and... Um, we stayed at a place called the, ha- the Hacienda Inn. This place is well known for being haunted. Um, it was built in 1927. And that same year that it opened, um, a young woman named Faith Essay, she would recently married a much older man. And they checked into the, the Hacienda Inn. They were staying at, at the, uh, in the grand balcony suite there for their honeymoon. So they checked in there. And after they had some marital fun, um, the husband went out for cigarettes and he never came back. So, you know, it's not known whether this was his plan all along to marry this young woman, have his way with her and then split 
or if he met with some sort of foul play or something. But whatever the case may be, he never came back. So she was absolutely distraught. She waited for three days, and you know, after that time, he didn't come back. She decided to take her own life. She hung herself from the balcony, and she haunts that hotel to this day. And there are so many reports of you know people staying there who who see her, and we're talking apparition. I mean, they they actually see this woman there, this young woman. Sometimes she's holding flowers. Sometimes they smell flowers in the rooms. Um, the staff see her all the time. The kitchen staff will will see her. Um, you know, actually see her or also see effects that they attribute to her, like um, stove burners turning on or off. Um, the the desk staff sees her, you know, people who stay there come down and, and ask the, the desk staff about like different random things that you hear about, like TVs turning on and off, um, cold spots in rooms, things like that. And they're all, oh, yeah, that's just faith. It's just like a, a known thing to them there. They're used to having her there. So when my wife and I stayed there in 2011, you know, I certainly knew about this. I was actively looking for strange things to happen. So when we, we got in bed that night, we were hearing all sorts of things because, again, this hotel was built in 1927. It's an old building. Everything creaks. Everything squeaks. There's air blowing all over the place because it's horribly sealed. Um, you know, all the things you expect from an old building. But that night sometime, and we hadn't been in bed that long, I was certainly wide awake at that point. My eyes were closed, but I had taken my glasses off and put them on the nightstand next to the bed. We're sitting there trying to fall asleep and we hear something, you know, we hear all these other noises, like I said. I mean, you could hear people walking outside and the floorboards squeaking and all of that stuff. But we heard something um, hit the floor and we could tell that it was in our room. So we both shot up, turned the lights on. My glasses were on the other side of the room. Now, had this been later in the night, had I been, you know, kind of drifting in and out of sleep, I would say, well, maybe I like rolled and threw my arm and it hit the glasses and sent them flying. But I haven't really ever done that as a sleeper. I'm a pretty, pretty uh, good sleeper in that I don't toss and turn. And we had just really gotten into bed. We weren't dozing off, you know, so I'm confident that. It wasn't me flipping my arm on the nightstand and sending these glasses flying. They went all the way across the room. So I can't explain that. That was one of the more fascinating um, you know, experiences I've had with paranormal just because I can't explain it because there was a physical object that moved. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me I had um... – kind of a similar experience where I was home one day in my apartment in New York. I'm in the other room writing and um, uh, Jane, my girlfriend, was out of town at the time. And we had this really nice framed photo of us um, on a dresser in the bedroom. And I remember I'm in the other room, mind you. It was winter. There were no windows open, nothing like that. Um, nothing, you know, off or Nothing going on, and I'm just writing, and all of a sudden I hear glass shatter. 
And I thought maybe someone like tried to break into our apartment or something. So I like get up. I had a, um, I had a bat, a baseball bat at the time. And I'm like, who came up to the fifth floor to break in? Like, that's pretty impressive. But um, no, I'm looking everywhere. Nothing, nothing. I go in the bedroom and the photo of us framed photo, mind you, is still like up, upright on the dresser, but the glass completely shattered in it. And it was weird. So I'm like, we'd had other stuff happen where we had like phantom smells in the apartment as well. You know, these moments where you just smell something so uh, like putrid or gross and you can't explain where it came from, anything like that. Um, But this was like super sturdy. Like the glass just shattered for no reason. Like, oh my God. Uh, So yeah. That's cool. I know that feeling of um, literal objects just doing something you can't explain or understand. So yeah. Wow. Any, anything else really stick out to you in your times doing ghost hunts or anything like that? I mean, ghost hunts are fun, man. I mean, yeah, they are. You know, I've, I've, like I said, I mean, I've, I've encountered quite a bit of, of, of interesting things, many, many yeah. interesting things. Um, and that's why, you know, I think it's, it's, it draws more people and gets, gets more attention than like UFO hunting because UFOs, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you're 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 lucky if you see one you know it's yeah like it's something that that repeats really um you know and there's not much to it with ghost hunting you know they're they're fun little toys you can play with and you know just different things that uh, that you can do and places you can go where you know they tend to have more recurrences of these these strange phenomena so you know i i've seen seen things move i've seen uh, you know unexplainable things happen like gigantic heavy metal doors swinging violently and slamming um you know phantom footsteps uh you know flashing lights just you know odd occurrences and it is fun for people like us who are drawn to the unknown to these mysteries yeah it's it's creepy and i can't explain it but at the same time, that's what we're looking for. I mean, we're we're after this stuff, and it it always makes me laugh. And I have to remind myself when I'm out looking for this stuff that, hey, man, this is what what we're looking for. This is you know what we're attracted to. If we see something like really scary, like an apparition or something, am I going to turn around and run, or am I going to go towards it? Yeah, because I know, yeah. I've never understood that response from people who are out actively ghost hunting or, or trying to get you know more data or more information and capture the stuff on film things like that. When these scary things happen, they hightail it out of there. You know, no, this is what you've been waiting. <laughs> That's why you're here. Because again, with ghost hunts, with UFO hunting, like it's most of the time it's really boring. Nothing's mm-hmm. happening, and you're just waiting for something to happen. So it takes a lot of patience. But when that thing actually happens, really, you're going to turn and run? No. I mean, I understand that impulse. Like, I'm a wuss, and, you know, I'd like to get out of it too. <laughs> but at the same time, this is what you're waiting for. This is this t- type of stuff you've been looking for. So when it happens, go to it. Not away from yeah, it. Yeah, so absolutely. That's, that's just like a mindset you've got to get yourself into when you're actually doing that. Yep. Yeah. And as of this recording, the LA Dodgers just won the World Series. And it uh it always brings me back to baseball too. I remember growing up, I uh I was afraid to swing 
when I was on bat, up to bat and I was known to be like, Oh, Ryan, he's going to strike out again and again, he's not going to swing. And that's because I was there to do something, but I was afraid to do it. And then I'll tell you, man, like that one time I finally connected and hit a home run. It was history. It was like so long to that aspect of it. I was now hitting home runs left and right. And you're right. You got to embrace it. And you're there for that reason. I'm not there to strike out. I'm there to uh, win the game. So I, I think there's interesting parallels between those two for sure. And you're right. We crave these things. So when it happens, be thankful. Don't be scared. Um, but I guess I'll share mine with you. I'll try to make it brief because this did scare me, even though I was there for a ghost hunt. But yeah, I'll um, I'll tell you this one quick. And I'm sure some of my viewers and listeners have heard this one already. But um, this happened to me back in 2017. I was in Nova Scotia in Canada. I was there to do a, um, a lecture. And uh it was cool. Really nice event. They flew me in. I got to go to Oak Island and go on the island and check that mysterious place out. And uh, But the big thing for me was going to my first ever ghost hunt. And I was with Micah Hanks and uh, mutual colleague Greg Bishop, who's a UFO guy. And they decided to bring us all on this ghost hunt at the Queens County Museum in uh, in the town of in Nova Scotia. And um you know, I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been to one of these things. You know, they had all the gadgets and gizmos. They're ready to get them going. And I was pretty skeptical. And I always have been of the paranormal, which is funny because I'm a UFO guy. And um, me and Micah were kind of just having a good time and like being like, oh, this will be fun. And I remember distinctly leaving a group I was with at one point because everyone kind of went off on their own in the whole the whole complex, which was huge. And um, I was just having a good time looking at the history of this area. You know, they have the, um, the indigenous people of the area, the Mi'kmaq and, uh, really cool old arrowheads and everything you can think of in the integration of settlers and blah, blah, blah. But there was this one room in the museum that was called the activity room. And this is for kids who the parents could leave them in there to play while they go and look at the museum. And, uh, we got in this room and, we started using one of these spirit boxes, this thing that goes through frequencies, radio frequencies. And um, you catch words every now and again, and it's supposed to string together to be a communication of the spirit. And again, like these things are whatever. You you can either buy into it or not. And I didn't really at the time. Uh, but I noticed at one point when we were trying to communicate with something in that room, uh, we heard, and again, this thing goes through radio frequencies like, in milliseconds a piece you're never supposed to hear like a full transmission or frequency for more than a few seconds and we heard the sound of a child like whimpering or crying at least that's what we kind of contributed to but it was constant which made no sense because that would mean that it would have to have been on a million different frequencies at the same time uh so that was interesting and I asked the person in charge of the ghost, and I'm like, it sounds like a little girl, like upset or something. She's like, yeah, this is the activity room. This is where all the kids were. So she might be scared or, um, you know, upset. So maybe we should all like get down to her level, you know, where all these grown adults and towering over her if she's a spirit. So we all get down on the ground, make ourselves, you know, a little less uh, threatening, I guess. And, um, we start communicating again and we started getting really clear messages on this thing. And 
again, I'm still under the the idea that this could all be coincidence and everything. And we turn the spirit box off and then we just kind of sit there for a little while in silence. And I'm kind of looking throughout the room and everyone, you know, taking it in, being like, oh, I could I think they're the one who probably believes that person doesn't. And I was still very skeptical, but I remember sitting cross-legged. I was in like a corner of the room and all of a sudden it got super cold in that corner. And again, I'm making excuses. There's probably a draft above me, something I don't know, this building or this room well. And once I was in that cold spot, I felt my legs, like my knees go down. And it felt like there was a weight in my lap, like something had sat in my lap. And that had never happened to me before. I've never felt anything like that. But my knees just hit the ground. And then I felt like someone was hugging me, like putting their arms around me. And I could feel their fingers clasped on the back, back of my neck. And that was it. Like I, I, I had had enough. I like flung back and I felt like that weight lifted off of me and rushed out of the room. And what was interesting is in that exact moment, I look in the doorway of the room and Greg Bishop, my very skeptical friend was in the doorway and he moved to the side as if something had just run ran past him and i remember getting up and going up and being like dude what i saw you like react really weird when you were in the doorway what was up with that and he said i just felt in that moment i had to move like something needed to get out of that room really quick and that gave me chills so this was one that i will never forget it wasn't about something i saw or smelled or heard um, over these spirit boxes or whatever. It was literally something I felt. And that's what stuck with me most. I don't know what it was, who it was. I'm assuming it was a child of some sort who was wanted to be comforted or to kind of comfort us and say, it's okay, we're your friend. But that was amazing, man. I'd never felt anything like that before. Yeah, that's intense. That's intense. Yeah. That physical yeah. contact. Yep. And it stuck with me. I mean, I, I now am a firm believer that it's very possible that there's energies out there, residual energies hanging out, um, just trying however they can to communicate with us. And the thing that always sticks with me is children when it comes to ghosts. Now, that in itself is tragic. You know, like no, no person should die that young. And often it's probably because of an illness or an accident. And children ghosts are often said to be lost. They don't know where they are or what's happening. Where are my parents? And that's heartbreaking when you really think about it. You know, they're so innocent. They haven't even lived life and it's gone in an instant. So I think there's something really special to be said about child ghosts too. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just thinking about already, you know, based on, the lore, all the, the ghost stories and tales we hear um, seem to be difficulty communicating. Yeah. Um, ghosts aren't, aren't very good communicators. But, you know, with that already being an issue, then bring children into it and children trying to both navigate, you know, not being part of this world anymore, um, you know, part of the, the living world that we know um, and that they were used to and also not understanding whatever needs to be done, um, you know, to bridge that communication gap. Um, it's got to be challenging, especially if they're navigating it by themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess we'll leave it at that, man. I've kept you way longer than I anticipated. This always happens when we talk. But no, thank you for sharing those stories with us today. But before we go, tell us about Rogue 
the Rogue Planet show, um, the podcast you're doing with Amy Shira, and everything else you got going on at Rogue Planet. Yeah, so we recently launched a new video series on Rogue Planet, simply titled The Rogue Planet Show. Um, Ryan, you'll be a part of that very much so. Um, And, you know, like we talked about today, it's going to encompass a lot of what we do at Rogue Planet, you know, including all of our our various interests, which include UFOs, but includes so much more. So we will be doing those some of those ghost adventures that you mentioned, Ryan, and and some other things too. But we also have fun. It's it's more of a casual show. It's it's us getting to to hang out with each other and and with all of our our friends um, who also like these things. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a good time. So we just started that. And also, Amy Shear Title and I are uh, re revamping, bringing back our. Our show that started out as a podcast, but it's, it's just going to be solely a video series now. It's called the Punk Rocker Moon Stomper Program. And that is also a show um, with Amy and I sharing our, our mutual love of random things that, uh, that we do, like punk music and ska music and space and booze and video games and all sorts of things. So, yeah, look for that soon, probably before the end of the month. Awesome. Well, I'm clearly a fan of all those things as well, if you can't tell from the t-shirt. But, dude, I love it. You even got the Less Than Jake singer to do your theme song. Is that right? Yes, yes. Krista Makes uh, was kind enough to to do our theme song for Punk Rocker Moon Stomper program. So so jealous, so jealous. But also, yeah, very proud. That's so cool, man. Well, hey, let us know where we can find everything uh, before you go, if you could. RoguePlanet.tv is always the best place to go for everything Rogue Planet. And like you mentioned at the beginning, the Rogue Planet uh, YouTube channel is filled with stuff and, and getting fuller by the day. So, yeah, that's just YouTube.com slash RoguePlanet.tv. Perfect. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us today on Somewhere in the Spooky Skies. And also have a very happy Halloween, brother. Same to you, Ryan. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.